You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. This is our latest look at the Chicago White Sox. And I'm joined by Scott Merkin, an elated Scott Merkin, because Michigan has won the Big Ten. They won the Big Ten tournament. They are on to the NCAAs. Merck, this did not look uh, particularly likely uh, back in, what, early February? Yeah, I think it was uh, they lost the game at a, home, at a home to Ohio State and had kind of a team meeting yeah. and bonded together. But, I mean, man, it, it really is a great story. And all kidding aside, I mean, it, what they went through. And you and I have both flown quite a bit. And sure. you have those turbulent flights. And this was far more than turbulence. And you read the story, and it sounds like, you know, thank God for all them, but they really escaped something that could have been quite quite traumatic. I mean, it was traumatic as it was, but could have been, you know, it could have turned out really bad. And they kind of rallied around, and, and it, it, it really is, even when it's just the Big Ten tournament, it was kind of cool just to see it happen. I didn't see a ton of the game because there was some baseball going on opposite, but <laughs> something they played some good basketball. I, I'd like them to play that same good basketball for about six more games. would be nice, I think. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, Mark. That's uh, it. So you and – you and Rick Hahn uh, still have a lot to root for in this uh, tournament. Let's not forget. Uh, uh, let's not forget Chris Gatson, Zach Putnam, and Derek Collins too. All, all Michigan. I, right. I'm a made man now with the White Sox. All these Michigan fans here. <laughs> you guys are all over the place. Um, all right. So <laughs> the, the center field situation has become complicated a bit uh, by Charlie Tilson's stress reaction in his foot. He shut down for several weeks. And first of all, with Tilson, uh, you know, this is a guy you want to see, you want to get a look at, and it's just been difficult with these injuries. He must be frustrated by what's going on. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I was at the hitters mini camp, and I guess it was mid-January, earlier January, and he was beyond excited because he had one of his targets in his recovery from the torn left hamstring he suffered suffered last year was to be at that mini camp without restrictions. You know, I, I don't think it was his recovery right after he had the surgery, but <clears throat> as he was going and as he was invited, that that was his with targets, and he was he was able to do pretty much everything. But then when he had this stress reaction diagnosed pretty early on in camp, where he has not played a, a minute of Cactus League baseball. He kind of knew it was coming. You know, yeah, that was a pretty serious surgery to repair a torn torn hamstring in his left leg, and this was the opposite leg, which kind of makes sense, I think, when you're dealing with one that maybe you favor a little bit the other. But, yeah, this second setback is not great news for him. So now you figure, you know, he's he's shut down for at least, for three weeks, and he'll be reevaluated. So even if things are good then, we're talking the first week of the regular season. And remember, he has done, you know, no baseball activity the entire – I mean, he's hit some – and done a little bit that first week, but really he's not had a spring training. You know, I mean, he's had a rehab-filled spring training mixed in with some baseball activities, some swinging, a little bit light running. So he's going to have to do that and then probably have to go on a rehab assignment. So just, this is just, you know, guessing it out a little bit, but he's going to be gone, you know, probably for, I mean, you would think, barring something surprising for that first month of the season. So what's the... Uh, and, and it's too bad because, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a great kid and, they, you know, he was, he was their deal at the trade deadline last year and... Yeah. You know, they they figured him. Rick Hahn even said that first day we met with him here in Arizona some two months ago. No, I'm kidding. It was like February 12th or February 14th, somewhere around there. And he said he had the inside track at that point if he was healthy for starting center. But, you know, hopefully for him it's a it's a small blip. And he, even if it does take till May 1st, he can get back and have a, a productive season. What's the outlook in center field now? Well, I mean, you have three main candidates. That's, you know, Peter Borges, who's a non-roster invite. And there are two spots open on the 40 men. So, you know, there is room for him there. And then Jacob May and Adam Engel have both had great camps. Jacob May's had a phenomenal camp. I would say Jacob May and Adam Engel probably even last year were ready defensively to play regular Major League Baseball. And I think, you know, they've shown that their hitting has come along too. Rick Renteria did say the other day that, you know, 
if young guys are up, he'd prefer them to play more regularly as opposed to sitting on the bench and getting in, you know, one or two times a week, unless it was for a short period. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Jacob May or Engel, I would think Jacob May probably has the edge right now. If he can win that starting center fielder job and then, you know, Peter Borges will obviously get time too, because he was brought in, I think pretty much to split time with, you know, Tilson in center field. So he's not in the team. It's just a question of who ends up starting out there, but th- those are the main options. You know, they're not going to go out and get anyone. They're going to go from what they have here. And those are the guys to, to look at for that spot. You know, Merck, since we last spoke, uh, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. So Brett Laurie, uh, the, you know, the release of Brett Laurie, which surprised some people and white Sox were able to wiggle out of some of their financial obligation there. Um, but what was the, uh, was it just that simple? Just saving money and, and, and Laurie's guy who's obviously, you know, battled injuries and, and just hasn't been the, the hitter he's expected to be way back when. Yeah, you know, and I think with um, the the rebuild they're going through, you know, Brett kind of hinted to us at the beginning when he talked to us that first time at, you know, second or third day, or like the first week of camp, that, you know, he didn't come out and say it, but he said that we asked how he was feeling. He said he was feeling good, but, you know, he was still getting there. And as you've seen since then, I believe his agent made a statement uh, that he's not signing anytime soon, that he's going to get himself 100% healthy. And, you know, he just wasn't quite ready to go from what he had happened last year. And, and let's face it, you know, they're going more in the rebuild mode and they want to see where these young guys fit in. Do they fit in? Now, people pointed out that Tyler Saladino, I believe, is six months older than Brett Laurie. So I don't know if Tyler is necessarily a young guy, but Tyler has been great. I mean, Tyler is, is a tremendous clubhouse presence, first of all, but that's fine. you got to be able to play, too. And he can. He When he started last year, you know, he was a 280 hitter, and he was slow to remember that last month of the year because he had back issues. The back issues are completely under control. He's had a great camp. He had a grand slam the day before we taped this. And, you know, they also like Yolmer Sanchez and Leori Garcia has had a good camp. And all three of the guys are very versatile. You know, Saladino can play third, short, second, first. He can, um, he's taken some ground balls and fly balls in the outfield. Sanchez can play around the infield. Garcia can play around the infield and play center field. And let's not forget that Saladino caught a bullpen, for God's sake, during, uh, during spring training. Now, again, I don't think he's going to get a start at catcher, but, you know, you have a guy who also could be an emergency catcher without stretching it too much, without, you know, making it kind of a goofy story like, hey, remember that time Saladino came in and caught two innings? You know, he's, he's caught a bullpen. He's, he's getting ready to go. So I think it makes sense. You know, I, I think Laurie will catch on without a doubt. He's going to play for someone this year and probably once he's healthy, play pretty well for him. And I think the Sox have good options at second base too. And let's not forget the, the big sort of elephant in the room that, eventually this is going to be Yohan Moncada's job. You know, it may not be till June or July or who knows when, but this is the spot where Yohan Moncada will eventually play for the White Sox. Uh, I'm sure the White Sox, like any club uh, this time of year, they were nervous to have Jose Quintana, their ace, and their high-profile trade candidate in the World Baseball Classic uh, with Team Columbia. But if you're going to go there, you might as well no-hit uh, Team USA into the sixth inning. That, that was obviously an impressive performance, Merck. And, and you wonder if that, I don't know if that affects his trade value, but it certainly doesn't hurt it. Yeah, I've joked with Rick Hahn a couple of times since I've seen him since that game if his phone was kind of ringing off the – well, I guess there, there is no ringing off the yeah, – what, what do we replace ringing off the hook with now? Uh, vibrating out of the pocket, maybe? I don't know. Vibrating out of the pocket. Very good. Nice job. You should copyright that quick because uh, <laughs> there are no more home phones. Pretty, there are no more home phones off the hook anymore. But, you know, I mean, let's face it. Rick, Rick has said this a number of times that every team could use Jose Quintana, and that includes the White Sox. So if for some reason, not for some reason, but if it doesn't happen where their demands are met for what they want in return, then, you know, Jose Quintana is under control for four more years with the team options and would be certainly a great piece to have if, you know, you really do believe in a couple of years you're going to be ready to contend. 
I'm not saying they're they're taking him off the market. I'm sure they will listen to you know offers for him, and if they're met, they'll give it serious consideration. But they they certainly have. I don't want to even say no problem. They certainly are thrilled to have Jose Quintana. And Don Cooper was like kind of a a proud but angry father when I talked to him on Saturday because he feels that Quintana should have got this respect long before he no hit USA for five and two thirds innings. And I, I think he did get that respect. I think um, you know Cooper is very protective of his pitchers. And Quintana has earned that right. Quintana was an all-star last year. You know, Quintana, is, I think he's got some very Burley-like qualities, which is great because Mark Burley is one of the you know best pitchers in franchise history, getting his number retired in June. And only he's got better, you know, better raw stuff than Burley. But, you know, his delivery is flawless, which Coop has talked about a number of times, allows him to hit every part of the zone. And Coop took umbrage that I said he was consistent, he was steady, but there's nothing wrong with being consistent and steady. And you can be consistent and steady and still be excellent on top of it, you know? I mean, this is a guy who's 200 innings, 30 starts, would have more wins if people factor in wins at all anymore if the team was better. You know, he has 59 no decisions, 60 if you count the Team USA games since 2012. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the better pitchers in baseball. And, you know, as Carlos Rodon kind of quickly pointed out, when someone asked him if he was underrated, he said, well, you know, he no-hit the – you know, a, a team full of all-stars from Team USA. So that that's an ace. That's not underrated. And that's, you know, that's what he is on this team. I, Rick Renteria has not announced it. Maybe he'll announce it today when we're taping this. But barring something shocking like a trade, Jose Quintana will be the opening day starter for the Sox and can be very proud. I, I'll add one more thing that he was beyond thrilled to pitch for his country. He he was overjoyed when they qualified last spring training and I think wanted to play for them during the qualifier but wasn't able to arrange that with the team, but, you know, was just thrilled, even though they did not win, to be part of Team Columbia this year. Yeah, Team Columbia was fun to watch. They really uh, uh, forced the issue in that first bracket. Of course, uh, the U.S. and Dominican advanced, as expected, but uh, not for lack of drama on the part of Team Columbia to push both those teams to the brink. Uh, I want to thank uh, Scott Merkin for joining us, as he does each week. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, White Sox Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.